welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light Finger Thief. And I'm your co-host, Logar, the Barbarian. So, Logar, I uh, found this book the other day and I was flipping through it, but I was really having a hard time getting through this little adventure here. Some adventures are easier to get through than others when you're preparing and reading. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm this gonna... is from the perspective of a, of a game master. <laughs> yeah, there are ones that, so there are definitely those modules and those settings, those books where it's like you've got you've got to spend a lot of time reading this and figuring it out. It's not laid out for you well. And then you got, on the other hand, you got Old School Essentials, <laughs> who has little bullet points. It's easy to read and figure out what the key points are. Yeah, so part of its layout, I agree. I think the other part of it is just the writing. Just Well, cool. yeah, <laughs> not just layout. The Old School Essentials just gives you kind of bullet points. Like, there's, yeah. not a big, there's not a lot of big explanations to everything like there are in some other games. Pros and cons. There's definitely a wide array and variety of different ways that modules are written over the years. And depending on what you're playing, you know. Yeah, because for me, some of the modules I found a little bit more clearly written were some of the ones that were done for, like, say, um, some of the gumshoe modules that I've picked up that were for Call of Cthulhu slash gumshoe. What they did was they listed a very clear objective as well as what they call a spine. And a spine links all the major encounters to each other so that you can go from encounter A to B or C. And then it'll list out, this is who you got to talk to to get to B or C. And then how everything connects together. So everything's linked together with a very short, you know, what they call a spine on like half a page, a quarter of a page. And for me, I found that very helpful as a GM to be able to see how all the encounters link together. Because, you know, for Gumshoe Cogathulu, it's a mystery. So if you don't get clue one, you're not going to make it to encounter number two. <laughs> so knowing where you can find clue one or clue two to be able to get to the next encounter, I, I found extremely helpful. We're just trying to dig through all of the text and have to read like 30 pages of text to figure out. So how do we, how do we find, you know, the old man behind the bar at the, at the secret door? You know, so. Yeah, there's some great modules that I've ran before and, and trying to figure out some of the, like, like when I'm running, I got questions. Well, how do they know how to get from A to exactly. B? How do they how know do they, how to figure how this out? And it's in there. It's just you got to be paying a lot of attention when you're reading through this to pick up on it. Oh, it's not clearly stated all the time. Nope. Going back and giving me an outline or something on some of these existing modules would be amazing. Like, here's the outline. Here's the page it's found. Yep. This is needed first. This is the character that's essential and why this character is up to it. Outlining these modules and giving us this outline to answer those questions as a dungeon master is going to be brilliant. And some people do write their modules some in people, that manner. Yeah, but most they don't. They just go in, okay, here are your three hooks and then dive straight into the module. And then they have like 20 pages of like background and story content, which is fine as a creative. I get that. But then as a GM or dungeon master, I find it so frustrating having to plot, you know, plod through just the background and fluff material to understand the main point. You know, I might understand the main objective of the module and then go back and read the, you know, whatever background and setup, but they spend more time on background and setup than they do trying to lay out how you get through the module. 
when I was running Forbidden Lands, uh, I, I've grown used to just reading through these books and these modules and stuff like that. One of the things I love to read through are the Lost Lands books and all the stuff there and all the adventures and all the craziness in there. But it is a lot to read. There's a lot packed in some of those books, lots of background history information. I don't retain it all when I read it. I retain some parts, make notes. When I was preparing to run Forbidden Lands, when I was running that game, I, I had a need to read big tomes of role-playing books, but it wasn't there for the game I was running. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I would prepare. It was so quick to prepare this game off of their printed adventures within the Game Master's Guide and the supplement books. Doesn't take that long to get through it. The way that these adventures, location-based adventures... It's not, it's more um, player driven, hex crawl heavy. And the way that they lay everything out within those Forbidden Lands modules is, like I say, the OSE stuff is great. It's also another great approach to laying out modules and laying out adventures. And you can learn the whole area real quick by reading through a couple pages in the chapter know who the key players are and know that there's many different directions that this adventure could go, depending on what the players leaned into and decided to follow. I cannot tell you how great free league has done at writing adventure modules with that forbidden lands game. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and I think the way that they set it up was probably very well done because you have a main objective for each, let's call it adventure mission. Well, and they had many, set. many multiple alternative objectives. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, since it was more of a hex crawl, but you had different options that you knew what the objective was and how to complete the objective. Oftentimes in some of these modules I read is like, well, one, there isn't an, an objective. It's just an excuse to go crawl into a dungeon. <laughs> so that's why it's really weak on the plot hooks, which drives me crazy. Um, there is one adventure module that I'm prepping for you guys right now in Hyperborea there is literally no written ending on how to get out of the dungeon. And I contacted the publisher. I was like, so is there, a, is there a way to get out of the dungeon and finish the adventure as written? And he was like, um, no. I mean, well, you could do this or you could do this. I was like, as written, you're telling me that as the way you wrote it and published it, there's no way for you to, there's no exit out of the See, dungeon. I, I don't hate a, that. I don't hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I don't hate that. I think that's, now it's up to you as the dungeon master. When we come up with something crazy or weird, when we're playing, it's like, um, okay. <laughs> or well, <nope>. no, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. at that point, it's like, let's see where we, where we take it, how we figure it out as a group kind of is a, is a fun, like not having all the answers isn't bad to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that could be due to our different styles of DM and play. Yes. However, from a written adventure module, I feel like that there should be a, beginning middle and end you may not choose to follow that type of conclusion or end but there should be an exit out of the dungeon there's no exit out of the dungeon that just makes no sense to me <laughs> well i know that the pathfinder modules were very much structured that way they're very narrative structured and there's definite beginning middles and ends the problem i had sometimes running a few of those when i ran them 
was that if I didn't have everything completely on lockdown, I could easily miss things that were influential to a later module that it follows. Yes. And things were intertwined and I had to make sure I hit all those. I, I kind of prefer being able to hit on those things and, and go back to them and not having them be as detrimental because the players are going to go off on their own and do their own thing. Right. I feel following that's where I lean in. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense. And so I think it's probably, you know, the style of game that you're running, the type of, the way the module was written. Cause yes. you know, I do agree that, you know, having elements that you bring to the game as a dungeon master game master can be important and fun. But like I said before with a module as it's written, if there's, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me why there wouldn't be an exit to the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, we're going to have to talk about dungeon, um, some of the things that I've read about what's the word I'm looking for dungeon construction and dungeon ecology and all these things that I've read. There's some interesting yeah. stuff out there. We have to get into that, but well, one yeah, of the well, things I've read is multiple entrances to a dungeon is, is positive. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the future as well, too, because I have some thoughts about <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to have to do that more sooner than later, the next week or two, we have to talk about dungeon construction. Yep, I'm making a note right now. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down, jotting it down so we don't forget dungeon construction. Yep. I'm going to go through those knock magazines, those knock zines that I've picked up and see what they have to say in there because they've got some really great stuff in those, those knock magazines. They're one of the best reads I've read in a while. And they do a lot of just articles about things like that. I'm sure they have plenty of good suggestions on dungeon design <laughs> yeah no but again you know going back to like about um publishing modules and module creation so you know i think some of the hex crawl uh style ones are good when you just have like a set list of encounters that you got to go through with multiple objectives because that makes it easy and free-flowing to run but then if you you know design something that's a little bit more set having a spine or an outline or a guide is good because part of my prep is having to go through the module writing the outline down and writing down the key points and key encounters that you have to hit to be able to get to the next encounter point. Cause to your point, if you miss something, you might not be able to finish, finish a module or it might impact something later on. If it's in the, like a campaign adventure path. Yeah. One of the things I dislike is when like, we have to have a ring or a sword that has to be found somewhere in the dungeon before we can finish this. Sometimes how do you like letting the players know this just seems like I'm just going to have to freaking tell them sometimes because they fail to do whatever it is. They had. Things like that. I'm not the biggest on. It works sometimes. It depends on what you're trying to do with a game too. Yeah. I, 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 w I would agree with you because, you know, if you make, if you miss, you know, skeleton key, skeleton key number one and you can never open that door, well, you're host and that sort of sucks. <laughs> I've done some mega dungeons uh, stuff. I like doing big dungeons, uh, especially more what they call mega dungeons, larger dungeons. And when you get into them, like I've definitely lost track of whatever point was in there originally that was never completed, but we've had plenty of funds del delving it anyways. It still leaves that dungeon in the point to be solved at a future point, perhaps by that party as they return to kind of figure out and finish the quest that was there that was never finished, you always got another chance to run that dungeon with another group too. <laughs> That's always true. So the prep doesn't go to waste. That's about all we have for today. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can 
find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. And keep those dice rolling. Yep. May you have good successes whenever you have those attribute checks. <laughs>